0: What's up guys, welcome to the channel, FPL Guria and it is Game Week 19. We have reached the halfway stage of the season and so in today's episode we will be previewing the best transfers for Game Week 19 as well as how my team will be shaping up for this upcoming deadline. <laughs> So yes, it is a very special day, a very Merry Christmas to all our listeners on the FPL Guru Podcast. And we will be starting off this episode with the transfer traffic section. And we will be looking at, first of all, a couple of players that I do think we should buy for Game Week 19. So our first buy is, of course, who else but the hat-trick hero of Game Week 18, Dominic Solanke. And yet again, he proved that he is the main man at Bournemouth and he's having the season of his career in the Premier League. He's already hit double digits in the Premier League. He's only behind the likes of Mo Salah and Erling Haaland on the top goal scorer charts. That is how good Dominic Solanke has been for Bournemouth and that just tells you how good Bournemouth have been lately. They've really improved from KM9 onwards. They are really On a purple patch, everything seems to be clicking and it's all falling to Dominic Solanke's feet, or should I say his head, scoring two brilliant headers on the weekend against Nottingham Forest. And again now, he has another great fixture in game 19 against Fulham, who just conceded two goals to Burnley. So, there's definitely an opportunity for points to be had. And he's playing at home against Fulham, so that would definitely help. Solanke's Casey even could be a decent shout for captaincy after his recent performances. He's really becoming a brilliant asset to own as your second or third striker in the game. And looking at our second player in today's buy section, someone who I've been looking to add in the buy section for a couple of weeks now, is Pedro Poro and he's been brilliant lately. Yes, last game week he did blank and He wasn't really as influential as he has been for Spurs of late. But if we look at his numbers from his last few appearances, more often than not, he's accumulating an XGI of over 0.5 or so. That is brilliant stats for a defender because he's finding himself in the midfield. So he's getting opportunities to take shots and he's also getting opportunities to set his teammates up. And he's obviously... Since James Madison has picked up that injury, he has become the dead ball specialist at the club. And even when Madison comes back, I don't think he's going to lose all those duties. I do think he could share somewhat of the dead ball situations because he he loves the ball so well that he's really creating problems in those types of situations. So I think if you don't have Pedro Paolo, you need to get him in. He's 5.6 million now and he's growing in ownership so if you don't have him you should be bringing him in because Spurs have mixed fixtures but fixtures that you can work with and you can back someone like Pedro Porro to have an impact in every game because Spurs this season have been so fun to watch because of how explosive they are as an attacking side but also from a defensive perspective they're so open so their games are so exciting but from an attacking perspective, with the season where there's a lack of clean sheets, Pedro Porro has been one of the best attacking players from defence in the league this season. Which is why I do think if you don't have him already, you need to get him in this game week. Okay, so looking at a couple of players that I do think we should sell for game week 19 and beyond. Our first sell is Kaoru Mitama. Still highly owned even though the midfield slots have been such an important part of our FPL teams this season. I do think if you still have him, you need to get rid of him. Because he's not performing. Brighton are struggling this season. And obviously he picked up that ankle injury against Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. And he was even pictured wearing a protective boot. So he's probably injured. And also, if he makes a miraculous comeback from this injury... He's still going away with Japan to the Asia Cup. So he won't be available for at least the next month or so. So I don't think we should be holding on to Mitama if we have him. Still very surprised with how high his ownership is. Especially when you've got so many other midfielders doing so much better than mitoma this season. We've had the likes of Cole Palmer, Anthony Gordon, Ryan Sterling. is starting to pick up decent returns. On a consistent basis, we have Mohamed Kudus, Jared Bowen, all these types of players in and around that same price bracket. And still, Mitouma has that high ownership, which I don't think makes a lot of sense. So if you still have him, you need to get rid of him. And our second cell is one of the other players who is still also very highly owned. Matty Cash at Aston Villa was a go-to defender at one point this season. But his performances for Villa have dropped off. He's no longer part of that first team at Aston Villa. And we know this because obviously he was started against Sheffield United. Which in theory is for B team sort of players to get an opportunity to make an impact and ask a question of the manager. Should I be starting in the first team? But obviously he didn't have the best of games and Villa drew the game which they probably would have looked to win seeing how brilliant they've been at home and how brilliant they've been this season so Matty Cash has to be a sell because he's not part of the first team he's still owned by 20% of the game it is ridiculous for someone who isn't even starting anymore for Aston Villa so get rid of Mitama get rid of Matikash. Cash Moving on to the couple of players that I do think we need to keep for Gamick 19. The first keep is Ollie Watkins. He's being sold by a decent amount of people, which I can't really understand why. He's been one of the most prolific strikers in the Premier League this season. He's been such a mainstay in so many teams and he's been so dependable for so many people because of how consistent he has been in getting points. Even if he doesn't score, he gets an assist. And I can't say it was a bit harsh that his assist was ruled out by the VAR because of a foul on Fulringham. Sheffield United did have an opportunity to clear the ball, but unfortunately it was ruled out. So there were no points for Ollie Watkins, who was captained by quite a few people, including myself. But because of the heroics of other players like Dominic Solanke, it didn't hurt my gaming as bad as it might have hurt a lot of other people with the gaming average being under 40. So, even though Watkins didn't get a return against Sheffield United, he's still a brilliant pick. He's still definitely worth all that money that he costs and I wouldn't be looking to remove Oli Watkins anytime soon. If I own him, he's a set and forget from now right until the end of the season in my opinion unless he gets injured or Aston Villa look into the transfer market in January for another number 9 just as a backup option. Then possibly you'll be looking to move away. But for now, he's a set and forget and you shouldn't be selling him. You need to keep him. Our second keep is also a very highly owned player in FPL, in Bukayo Saka. So Saka has disappointed lately three blanks in a row and he hasn't been so explosive this season he hasn't had a lot of double digit walls i'm not even sure if he's even had one double digit wall so far this season because he's just been ticking along and for nine million is that good enough possibly but possibly not at the same time because you're expecting more than just him ticking along but at the same time by him ticking along it does mean you have a dependable option in your team and if you have that option from A team that is going for the Premier League title this season. And it's a brilliant player to have in your team. So you shouldn't be getting rid of that player. Who's the talisman of Arsenal. Ahead of this great run of fixtures that they are about to embark on. They're going to be facing the likes of West Ham and Fulham. Teams who've been scoring and conceding a lot of goals. Arsenal are such a strong defensive unit. And the way they performed against Brighton at home. Up against West Ham now, we could see a similar performance from Arsenal and Saka will probably have a say in that game because of how dependable Arsenal are on him as their talisman for the club. And finally, the last part of the transfer traffic part of today's episode. A couple of plays that I do think we need to avoid for KMIC 19. And it is quite controversial. So our first avoid is The informant at West Ham, Mohamed Kudus, who's been on fire lately. And the fact that he's still under 10% owned just shows how everybody has been ignoring how brilliant this guy has been lately. He's had so many double-digit walls in the last couple of weeks. The fact that he's still under 10% owned is crazy. And only now people are starting to realize how good he actually is. But unfortunately, guys, we've missed the boat. If you haven't brought him in, you've missed the boat. And the reason for this is because he's about to face Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium. That is not an easy fixture. I just said right now with Saka that the performance that Arsenal put up against Brighton, they absolutely suffocated Brighton. And they're going to do a very similar thing against West Ham. And West Ham are not like Brighton. They will sit deep. And try and absorb all that pressure and at some point it's going to crack and they're going to concede and with Kudus not getting enough service he won't get enough opportunities to get the goals and get the assists in this game and then we also have the fact that he is going away with Ghana to the African Cup of Nations by game Week 21 so he's only available for the next two games he's a very short-term pick so If you have been looking long-term on that FPL ticker, you'll notice that there are two green fixtures against Sheffield United and Bournemouth. But he won't be there at West Ham. He will be at the FCON. And so, if you are bringing Kudus long-term, that is the wrong move to be making because he's not going to be available. And so, Kudus is an avoid for Game Week 19 and beyond just because he's not going to be available for a very long time. And our final avoid is one of the most hyped up players as new signings this season. Chelsea's Christopher Nkunku who got off the mark in the Premier League against Wolves and I know because of that goal a lot of people are going to start jumping on him or asking questions should we get him but the answer is no. We should not be getting Christopher Nkunku right now. We need to give him an opportunity to get game time first of all Then get a couple of starts for Chelsea. And then we'll only get to see him starting and completing close to 90 minutes. He's still very fragile. Pochettino reiterates almost every single press conference. They need time. Christopher Nkunku and Romeo Lavia need time. Especially Nkunku because there's a lot of pressure on him now to be the main man for Chelsea. And yes, he has looked sharp. In the couple of cameos that he's had. But is that enough for us to now start bringing him into our teams? I don't think so. Looking at the fact that he's also registered as a striker. It does mean that those are valuable positions in our teams at the minute. Because obviously one position is going to be filled by Erling Haaland. If you already have him. Or you're looking to bring him in. Seeing that he's going to be facing... Everton in game week 19. Not too sure how fit he'll be. But game week 20. He faces Sheffield United. And has a potential double game week. Then we have Watkins. Who's been so brilliant this season. And obviously Solanke. Who's becoming more popular by the game So where's the space for Nkunku? There really isn't any space. So don't waste a valuable striker option. With someone who's still trying to find his feet. In a Chelsea shot. So this is on wait and see. Rather than getting in early so avoid Nkunku and Mohamed Kudus for GAMIC 19. So that is the first part of today's GAMIC 19 preview and looking on to the latter part of the episode the team selection for GAMIC 19 and in goal I have Martin Dubravka who obviously disappointed massively having conceded to Luton Town. Yes it was going to be a difficult fixture but the fact that Newcastle lost I think was somewhat of a shock. And so I'm hoping for a much better performance from him in Game 19. And looking at the defence, we have Pedro Porro and Brathwaite alongside potential new signing Malo Gusto. And so the thinking here with Gusto is the fact that Jamal Luseltz got injured against Luton Town and I can't see Eddie Al risking him in gaming nineteen. He also is on four yellow cards. So if he does play in game nineteen and picks up a yellow card, he will get a one match ban. And I do think Howe and Tyndall will be having an eye on the fact that he could have a suspension, especially when they have so many players out injured. They don't need to lose another player to suspension. So I don't think LaSalle will play. And even if he does get on the bench, I don't think they want to play him because he can get suspended let this game pass by will probably be House thinking because if he then picks up a yellow card after game at 19 he won't get a suspension so I don't think La is going to play I have Sufal and Taylor who face Arsenal and Liverpool that is not great at all so Maro Gusto is going to have to be a new signing very cheap 4.1 million will be facing Crystal Palace Obviously, that will be a difficult fixture as we don't know what type of Chelsea side we'll get from Gamick to game league. But because I don't have a, another defender with a great fixture, I've had to make a transfer. And LaSalle is the man leaving my team for game 19. Looking at the midfield, it's a four-man midfield with Son, Salah, Kudus and Bowen. And looking at that midfield... Two players have really good fixtures, while the other two from West Ham don't have a great fixture against Arsenal. So obviously, I've doubled up on the West Ham attack for the last three game weeks. The last two game weeks have been great to own both of them because they've been scoring goals for fun. And up against Arsenal, it's going to be difficult to see where the goals can come from, to see where the chances will come from. But I'm banking on the fact that this is a London derby so they will need to put up a fight and they will have to put a much better performance than they did the last time they played against a massive club who presses very high in Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. So they will need to put up a better performance so I'm hoping Kudus and Bowen can have an effect in that game. With Salah and Son, Son faces up against Brighton who are the only club now in the Premier League this season. yet. To keep a clean sheet and can they keep a clean sheet against the probably most attacking side in the premier league this season no way possible they will not keep a clean sheet and son will have a massive say most definitely what salah is definitely a good captaincy shout against burnley burnley haven't been brilliant this season like they were in the championship and looking at salah he performed against Arsenal. I think he's really hungry for goals and I do think he's a good option for captaincy. I also do think Son is a great option for captaincy because of what I just said. Brighton haven't been keeping clean sheets very often and haven't kept a single one in the Premier League this season. So both great options for that captaincy. And looking at the front line it's a three-man attack with Solanke Watkins and Erling Haaland, And with Solanke up against Fulham. I mentioned it earlier in the transfer traffic part of the episode that I do think he is also another great option for captain C. Probably a little bit riskier because we don't have the same security you will get from Asala from Son but I still think he's a great option. Watkins faces Manchester United and United it's all over the place really because one game they'll put up a really good performance. And then the next game, they're falling apart, so you don't really know what type of team you're going to face up against. And seeing that they put a bad performance in West Ham, I do think we should expect a good performance, or it's something like that against Aston Villa. Even though it will be very difficult, and with Haaland, this is really up in the air because we don't know if Ireland will be fit for game 19. He has been training with the squad during their Club World Cup tour to Saudi Arabia. But he wasn't part of the first team and wasn't on the bench in either the semi-final or final of the Club World Cup. So will he be fit for Gaming 19? I'm really unsure. But I'm taking the chance. I'm going to start him. Possibly could be benched at the very least and come on as a substitute. If not, if he's not even included in the squad, then my first sub will be so far, who's probably not going to be keeping a clean sheet, even though West Ham have kept back-to-back clean sheets in the Premier League of late. I don't think it's going to happen three times in a row, not at least against Arsenal. And so that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's Game Week 19 preview, and I'll see you guys next time on another episode on the FPL Guru Podcast. Peace.